Hello, everybody, and welcome to Hyrule Radio, episode number 10. My name is Nick Gangley de Pasquale. I'm your host. And joined today is my brand spanking new <laughs> constant co-host. It's Sullivan Spicy Appies. I won't dox your last name. I actually did that on your stream the other day. But uh, Did you actually? I did. Yeah, my bad about That's that. That's all right. People know, I'm sure. Uh, so anyway, hello. Hello. Yeah, my hello. constant co-host, Appies. Welcome, buddy, to the show. How are you doing today? Good. It's been a long time since I've dropped a hello, hello, hello. For any, that's for any of the old TTP listeners. Um, good, though. You know, playing TFT, talking about TFT, trying not to play as much TFT as I am. <laughs> the huge. So for anyone who's joining us and has never watched a show before, this is a live call-in show. So we, we say Hyrule Radio. It's the show where you, the caller, or the viewer can be just as much a part of the show as we are. So the way this works, if you're just joining us for the first time, you're not already in my Discord, is that at any point in the show, you can go ahead and go in, type exclamation point Discord into the chat. I'll do it right now. You'll see a Discord link pop up. In there on the left-hand side, you're going to see a Hyrule Radio tab. Go put your take into submit takes. You can give us your, your questions, your hot takes, your opinions, whatever it is. We're going to go through and we're going to read some of those. And as we see things that we like, we're going to bring you into the show to talk about it. Don't exclamation point egg is not a thing. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Sorry, podcast listeners. There's some shenanigans going on in chat. Uh, so make sure. Do, yeah. TC3 make sure. Dark tech. <laughs> For anyone who wants to submit a take, make sure you put your take into Discord and then go into the waiting room. Make sure that you are, oh man, I just realized Appies, we are also not in Discord right now. We're gonna have to do that. I will, we'll fix that in a second. But go ahead and okay. put yourself into the waiting room and mute yourself, but don't deafen. That way we can hear you and uh, you'll be able to hear us later. So for right now, we'll just go through the show and then Appies, we'll figure out the Discord thing in just a minute because it's gonna screw up the audio, but we'll figure it out. Okay, Sounds good. anyway, before we get started with the show, before we start talking about all the topics, I do just want to shout out for anyone who hasn't seen, um, over the last couple of months, I did take a short break from content. The plan is ramping up this year, uh, going into the latter half of the year, and I do have a Patreon right now, so if you, you want to support me and my content, you can go to patreon.com slash gangly and support me there. So, okay, now we can, we can start the show. <laughs> so, we've got a couple of different things to talk about. Right, there's a lot going on right now. Mecha Cup snapshots just ended. The box box TFT survivor boot camp thing ended last week. Um, we've got what else? Uh, regular snapshots 8.5. So let's let's start with just 8.5. It's been what about maybe a month since 8.5 has, has come it out? actually been a month already. I think Holy so. Crap, that's crazy. It's been like a blur. I, I think, think you're what? right though. Yeah. Two, two, two or three patches, right? It's hard to keep track of B patches. It always messes up yeah, the timing. There was, we just had it. Wait, so the first patch was Warwick. Then we had, so we had two weeks of Warwick, then two weeks of TF. No, we had, do we have one week of TF in the B patch or was it two weeks of TF? It was one week in the one B week. patch, then LeBlanc. Okay, so I think it's been about, it's like, what, four weeks? Like three weeks? I like three that. We track time in TFT by what's broken, right? But isn't you yeah, think of like yeah. the the dinosaur like eras, <laughs> like there's like the prehistoric era, the Jurassic era. We have like the Warwick era, the the LeBlanc <laughs> era, <laughs> the hacker Draven era, whatever it is. So in Photoshop, look, or, uh, LeBlanc's face in like a T Rex or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Fire. All right, now let's yeah, talk. No, let's talk eight point five a little bit because mm -hmm. when. I remember um, when it came out on PBE and a little bit after that, one of the 
criticisms it kind of got right off the bat was people saying that it doesn't feel enough, uh, doesn't feel different enough than eight set eight. And it really just has these really weird carousels. So I'm actually, I'm curious to know since you've been playing a lot, one, does it feel different enough? And two, how do you feel about glitch carousels? Cause I know it was kind of, kind of weird to a lot of people up front. Yeah. I'll say it does feel very different. Uh, <laughs> and that I think, uh, I think I just enjoyed set eight a lot more. Yeah, I think 8.5 has been kind of, so it does feel very different in that a lot of the synergies are the same, right? A lot of the units are the same, but the interactions have been very different. Like the meta has been very different so far. Um, and that, you know, if you ask uh, Bryce Blum, esports law, or esports slot, potentially, depending on who you ask, um, we we did like a like a deep dive into the units in, in like PBE of set eight, right? And like the synergies and stuff. And I, I was like, Bryce, this Ox Forest synergy, as long as this shit's in the game, it's going to be so broken. And in set eight, it wasn't. It didn't feel that broken, right? It, it, it was good, but like there wasn't as Many, there weren't as many opportunities to just like play a bunch of Ox Force and make it feel insane. And in this set, man, they they really let Ox Force shine. And so, you know, the pop, Ox DD is now a popularized emote in the in the Twitch sphere. Um, and it is, you know, stuff like Ox Force, the hacker is something that definitely had a lot of space to work with in, in set eight. And like, like there were, you know, hacker boards and it was a thing. Um, but in this set, it's it's like it's there. <laughs> and the reason being that they changed the targeting for hacker going to this set, right? So now like it targets back, it's targets like fourth row if it can. So a lot of, you know, a lot of these traits are the same, but they, they play differently. And like they were seeing like a kind of, well, it almost feels like, like a, like a, what's it? Black mirror, like twilight zone. Like a, mm -hmm. it's like a, like the reverse world of like set eight, where like the synergies are the same, but like the other half of the synergies are broken ah, this time instead yes. of, right? Like, like this nether, is like the world where other monsters attack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> For the Minecraft people, at the... <laughs> basically, uh, yeah, basically LeBlanc is a is a zombie pig or whatever well, the hell those are. You know what it is? It's like every set has its. We talked a little bit about this before the show. Every set has its anti-fun comps, but like when I think back, I can pinpoint what was not fun. Like even if going all the way back, I'm thinking like. 5.5, you have Nocturne. Set 6, you have Katarina. 6.5, you have... I don't remember. Uh, something. Sivir. <laughs> Just all Sivir. of Sivir. I guess. I but like, not, no, actually, not, I, not that bad. But I like you have... But then, like, set 7, you have Siphon. Set 7.5, uh, you have Siphon. Like, you have these things that are very yeah. easy to pinpoint of, like, this thing was annoying in the game. The problem is that the thing that's annoying is not the unit. It's hacker plus whatever. It's hacker plus LeBlanc. It's hacker plus Nart. Hacker plus Draven. That like no matter what this X is, it's the hacker. You know the hacker kind of changing it and turning it into this thing that's really frustrating. That makes yeah. it hard to kind of like settle down. Oh yeah, like Warwick as well. It's literally it's like hacker plus whatever. And and changing it to three hacker minimum definitely helped. Um, from my per perception of it, but yeah, it seems sure. like as someone who's playing a lot, it's just not enough. God, imagine if the currency of LeBlanc, like imagine if there was two hackers breakpoint. That would be, <laughs> the, <laughs> that would be the most egregious thing of all time. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, there's gonna be some good changes coming in the next patch. I was quickly to answer the thing about the like the glitch carousels. Um, oh yeah, sorry I, there is some positives. I think the glitch carousels are actually fun. Uh, at least some of them. I think like the egg one um, needs some balancing. Stuff like like the egg, for example. Like if you're 
blue streak, you want to see H2 when it's an egg glitch carousel. Because the first carousel of the game, I think, is always glitch carousel, if I'm not mistaken. It is. Um, so the, if you get egg and you're playing from behind, you're just kind of doomed because all of a sudden you don't get like three gold and you don't get like you get you know you don't get like this the comeback mechanic and you don't get like better pick priority you get pick priority item but like not it's not as impactful sure um notice doomed is a bit of an overstatement but it doesn't feel great uh but then like stuff like the double item component ones and like item component plus on like an item anvil feels so good because like, like getting a full item off of krugs makes us like like I don't know. I feel like if you're low rolling items, like don't have anything to slam on stage two, getting two components is like an absolute game changer. It really evens the playing field on on like in the, mid, in the middle of stage two, which is really nice. Yeah, I mean, the mechanic itself kind of challenges the expectations we've kind of set for like what this comeback mechanic is, right? Because that's like what Carousel is intended to be. It's supposed to be the comeback mechanic that you are playing around it does i definitely i definitely sympathize with this idea of like okay well we've learned for eight sets up to this point that we are going to be getting this from carousel and all of a sudden we're, we don't know what we're getting out of it and so it does make it a lot harder to play around i think i think that's completely fair um it's a fair criticism of, of the mechanic i don't know i do feel like there's so many moving parts in tft but to me, when like a moving part is also a random element, I don't know if that if that makes sense, but it's like, no, for it, sure, it's complicated in of itself because you have the, you already have the the carousel and it you don't know what item you're getting, you don't know if you're getting one gold or three gold, but to make it so that there's even more variance, personally, it doesn't really work for me. I, I'm not a huge fan of this set mechanic. I don't think it's like unplayable i don't think it's horrible but i don't know that i like agree fundamentally with what it's doing because it, it makes this element of the game that's supposed to have a certain purpose feel unreliable um which is maybe exciting but i don't know to me it just feels unreliable and kind of like not fun yeah i agree with that i think that i think that is really really true with the egg one in particular because the egg one just like i think it feels so bad i think it's because there's like no real comeback potential with it like you know, like everyone gets the same thing with your winter, you're really streaking. Like, you don't get gold immediately. You just have to sit there and not make 10 on, on 2 5 and then watch your eggs say like eight turns to hatch. It just feels kind of bad. <laughs> um, but I, I do think, like, I wouldn't mind. I, I think there was actually some talk about maybe implementing glitch, like the glitch carousel stuff, like, you know, crazy carousels, like moving forward in TFT. And um, I think I wouldn't mind if it was like the item component one. Because I think if, if, you know, if you were to. Yeah, honestly, if you were to change the first carousel to just always give you two components, whether it be like component in an anvil or like two components on a thing, I think that actually makes the game a lot better because uh, it just like, let's say for example, right? People are streaking on stage two often will have like one fully slammed item and one free component, right? Uh, and because just you want to be strong, like that's how you get strong enough to streak. Um, where the people who like who are low rolling stage two in terms of components uh, or in terms of like like good components, right? Good components will have like three components they can't make an item out of necessarily um where you know and then on two five that lets everyone like two five being two item components means that everyone will come out of that i pretty much always unless they're like trying to super lose streak and, and stay super wide which you don't necessarily have to um everyone can come out of that very reliably with two full items right because the person who has an item slam and a component gets a full item off carousel or like you know um, something to make something with other component and then the person who has three components that can't be made can't be put together at all gets two components that finish the other components um that finish items with the other components they already have and so like everyone comes out of two five two completed items instead of like right because 
what happens, you know, is that the win streaker will come out of two five right now with two completed items because they have the one they made already that's helping the win streak. They have another good one or like another playable one, and then the person who's lose streaking comes out with maybe one completed item and two components they can't slam anything with still or like, you know, never two completed items pretty much. But now like like this, everyone comes out of there with two completed items, which I feel like just feels a little bit better personally. But so how much has uh, like open fording or just playing five loss changed with? Like the addition of the, you know, obviously like having an extra component does change things, right? Um, mm -hmm. it, it ups the tempo of the lobby. And if you're not slamming anything, you're basically guaranteed max damage. If everybody else is slamming two items on two five. Do, because I, I I haven't played too much of 8.5. Are people who are still playing for five loss slamming items? Or they yeah, still just well, complete open? So loss streak has been a little weird in 8.5 so far because we've had some really awkward metas. I think it was like, the best place to look at it probably be during the TF meta, but I can't remember too much about it there. The, re the reason being is that right now, like it's really not, does it feel great to, to try to lose streak stage two, unless you're playing hacker. Cause otherwise you're going to be low HP later in the game, playing against hackers and just get hackered. Um, so like a lot of, a lot of mid game, like early mid game right now, is just staying high HP is as well as you can to make sure that you don't have to play the, like I need a position for LeBlanc, but I also need a position for the Samira player. And if I position for, Either of them, I lose the other one. I'm just going to roll the dice and then die if I'm wrong. So you want to avoid that situation. So right now, lose streak is kind of bad for other reasons. And again, unless you're the one playing like LeBlanc or Nar, then lose streak feels fine. Um, so it feels kind of bad for other reasons, but I think um, I think it's totally fine to like slam stuff off lose streak. And I think it's I don't I don't think a meta where like you get where you're punishing people who are just trying to like open four at five losses is bad. Right, like if everyone is making two full items off carousel, and then the guy who's who's just like trying to go five loss, you know, a, like like not group, not slimming anything, not you know, I'm pretty sure that guy getting punished is is not a bad thing. Yeah, necessarily yeah. makes <laughs> sense. No, I mean that's that's totally fair. It it actually sounds yeah. like it. Um, what's the word? Like it makes an extreme example of of the meta. Like I, I get what you're saying with like if you you have if you're gonna go full open five loss you better win out, right? And it's kind of like, if you don't hit this condition, you're just guaranteed bot four. Because if you don't win out, someone yeah. else is going to, especially when you have so many hacker or like, I feel like this is actually a, a common thing whenever we have like three star three costs in the meta, because somebody's always going to be playing for like a really strong spike on level seven. And a lot of times they're playing for that win out. And if, if a lot of people are doing it, somebody is going to. And it means other people aren't going to, which basically <laughs> guarantees that somebody is going to win out in, in, in any given lobby, right? Yeah, but, I think there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of like, I think in general, like this said, and, and once once hackers, that sort of thing, like like spiking on 3-2, like loose stage 2, spiking on 3-2, and then like going forth is like a thing, right? It has been a thing forever, QT. It will be a thing. Um, the, again, the problem right now is that like you can still go third or fourth, but you have to be playing probably either Nar or or LeBlanc. Otherwise, you like this just it's too volatile. That matchups are way too volatile right now in terms of positioning. Where um, like you can't afford to you can't afford to lose the positioning 50-50 in a lot of situations, and you also can't win. Like like a lot of the time, like, like playing as assassins has been historically like uh, there's two things you can do, right? If you're Playing from behind, you have to kind of YOLO the 50-50 and just hope you don't play the assassin player or hope you do play the assassin player if you clump. Um, it, or you could be like, you know, if you have good matchup spreads or if you're like relatively, like, like 
you know, mid-roll, high-roll, then you can try to position in a way where you win both both matchups, which is the ideal, right, is to win both the Assassin matchup and the non-Assassin matchup. The issue is that right now that's impossible. To, to Outside of, like, very niche situations, or not very niche, but, like, hard to get in situations, I guess, or, like, less common situations where, like, you frontline your, your carry. And you frontline your carry, like, you know, you're playing against two LeBlancs potentially and, like, one Samira player, and then you frontline your MF, like, top right because their Samira's bot left, like, you know, bot left. Um... And then because you do that, you you win against both like LeBlanc and, and Samira or you know, like there's situations like that still. Um, but they're harder to get and they're like like positioning is just a, a, a can I swear? You can swear, yeah. Oh yeah, positioning's just a bitch right now. It's like an absolute bitch. Yeah, man, I it's so it's so tough with, with TFT because you want positioning to be a part of the game, but Sometimes it feels so disingenuous to say that that like positioning is always a skill because sometimes it really comes down to just like matchmaking, yeah. right? Like it's like it's matchmaking, it's it's like random targeting of units, it's you know, it's fight RNG, like positioning can make a huge difference in TFT, and by no means am I saying that it's not an important part of the game. But like man sometimes <laughs> I don't know, man. Like sometimes it's just like, okay, well, I have like sixty-six percent chance of hitting these two matchups, so I'm going to position this way because, like, surely, like you know, the odds are in my favor. And then, like you, you, like three times in a row, you hit the wrong matchup, you take thirty damage, and you just die. And it's like, well, I didn't, Dude, I, I didn't do anything wrong yeah, there. Yeah, that's not that fair. Day, I was like, okay, I, you know, I was like, like glasses push. I have two LeBlancs in my matchup pool and one person playing Kaisa. There's a very low chance they'll switch to Kaisa last thing to the opposite side. So I'll frontline my MF in this matchup. And then I frontline and the fucking I get the one and three and Kaisa just fucking kills my MF. Right? And I'm like, okay, man. Sure. Like that that's fine. Like what you know, and the thing is that's always been the thing with matchmaking. And I, I gotta say, one of my this is like a super aside, but one of my least favorite moments <laughs> watching back a tournament that I played in was why well, I think it was like <laughs> I think it was a set five tournament, maybe. Or was it uh no, it was a set six tournament. No. What, what was it? Is it a set five or set six tournament? I'm not sure exactly which one. But I was um I think Bryce was commentating one of my games. This was before I really knew Bryce. And he, I they were on my perspective, and I was wrong side into assassin matchups or something like that, like three or four times in a row. And Bryce was like, man, he just he's not like paying attention to scouting or like, you know, like he's yeah, he's been on the wrong side every time. Like it was my fault. And it was a two out of three chance to get it right every time. <laughs> That's not yeah. my fault, man. <laughs> I'm also, I'm trying to remember what event that would be. Because Bryce didn't commentate Challenger Series in set six. six. He didn't commentate it was um, before Challenger, Challenger series. series. So it was Tilt Over Cup. No, it wasn't set five because there was no main broadcast for the days you competed in for set five. That's fair. That's fair. I, yeah. I did bomb a lot. <laughs> I was trying, trying to say, you know, more cordially. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that was, uh, and I, I have like a little bit of pet peeve in terms of like talking about positioning, like, like stuff like like being right side or wrong side on like, anyways, uh, hackers suck. I yeah. I mean, I think we can kind book. of sum it up by saying like, Positioning's a part of the game. It definitely should be, but there's a mismatch on the um, like cause and effect or like the outcome of your decisions when it comes to positioning. And sometimes the uh, ends don't the, the is it? I don't even think ends don't justify the means of the correct thing to say. <laughs> sometimes it's just like you make one little mistake, you lose thirty health, and that sucks. And that does not feel yeah. good for anyone. The real skill of positioning 
is is like you see like I think like socks and I think I was really interested in like base set six. It, it, it's in finding a way to to not need to move last second. Yeah, it's not the, the skill positioning is not like being right side last second. The skill positioning is finding a way to position your board where you don't need to move anything. You just you know it, we're like like you just win every matchup just because you're positioned like that. Uh, well, you, you obviously need to move some stuff, right? Like swap whatever. But you you know you should find a way where like you don't have to be right side. Like there there is no such yeah. thing as a right side in that, that perfect like skill expressive positioning, right? It's just you you found the right way to position for this lobby and you were rewarded for it because you you do well in every matchup because of that. Hmm. It's a really good point. I love that. I don't know if it's always true though, just because like it's not always that, true. But yeah, that you is, can't that is really cool. like that. Yeah. You have to. That's like a or recognizing when you can is like part of that skill. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. You don't always in a spot to position well. That, that that's just the truth of it. Uh, I, before we move on, I do want to take a quick step back backwards because we uh, well, I guess it also would have been about a month ago. We had TC three. I feel like this is a good time to talk a little bit about it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyone who, who doesn't know, Tactician's Crown number three happened about a month ago. It's a tournament that myself and a few other people from, from New Jersey host. This was our third iteration, um, and it was our biggest one by far. And I'll, I'll keep this brief because I know there's like more exciting stuff to talk about. But I, this is always, a, you know, this no, 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 close. keep it long, keep it long. TC3 is the best. But TC3, we had 40 people <laughs> on land in New Jersey. We had players from, let me, geez, let me think. I think, Matt, oh, wait, where's, where's, uh. Where's your bookmark? Outer from? space. <laughs> I mean, kind of, yeah. But where, where, <laughs> turtles from like, I think Turtles from Boston. Kevin's he's, from Boston. Yeah, he's Boston. Yeah. Jack is Boston. You're New he's Hampshire. New York we, now, actually. Turtles. We had a player from Washington State come. I don't know if you knew that. Wait, she who? actually, yes, yeah, I, I don't remember her tag. Um, she got eliminated around the same time you did, if I remember correctly. I don't know if that helps you narrow it down. <laughs> no, there was a lot of people who got eliminated at the same time I did. Um, she she actually came, because a handful of players actually came to New Jersey that weekend for Collision, which for anyone who doesn't know, was a Smash tournament going on in New Jersey the same weekend. Um, so she, so we had someone from from Washington. I'm trying to think of anyone who's, else who flew in. But then we we kind of ended up having this really cool like tri-state versus the world ending. Well, kind of it was tri-state versus Kevin, uh, where yeah. where literally there were seven <laughs> tri-state players in the in the final lobby and Ramkev who was in first at the time. We had this crazy top uh like top two where Kevin got knocked out and then it came down to a heads up one v one of Bosso skills versus Pakigam. The winner of the last fight wins the tournament and Pakigam brought it home. It was a really cool event. Um, I think even just like the, the thrill of it coming down to like one last fight was really exciting. I think that yeah. partially was because of the format that Boises came up with. Um, so shout out to Boises for helping us make a format that worked for like a one day event like that. So um, yeah, TC3 was awesome. I got to house Spicy Appies, Ram Kevin, Jack all for a night. We played a bunch of Smash to prep. Uh, and it paid off for for, for, <laughs> for some for some people in the tournament. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean, Nick? Huh? <laughs> if if you want to, no, if you want awesome, yeah, if you have any thoughts on on TC three, feel free to throw it in now, or we can just move on to uh, yeah. Survivor Bootcamp. I would say TFT lands are the best. They, like lands really are just a different different atmosphere. Like like it's so nice meeting people, and it was really fun. So definitely, if you have a land near you, I know they're out there actually. Um, go to a land. Have some fun. Get off. Get, you know, touch some grass. Do the do. And if you're in the tri-state area, make sure you join either my Discord or Tri-State Tactics Discord. I don't have a for a free quick eggs. link. 
for free eggs. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't have any official announcements, but TC4 is definitely something we're interested in doing. We want to make it happen and maybe, maybe even bigger than last time, depending on, I mean, like anything, it just comes down to funding and if we can raise the support to, to make it bigger. Um, TC4 so is just going to be a melee local. <laughs> it's actually not TFT at all. <laughs> it is. It's so funny. Like I, I described TC one as like a local because it really was. It was just like a local that happened to have some like pretty good players. I think our top eight was still pretty much masters up. But at this point in time, like TC three was like a stacked event. Like yeah. our our top eight was, I think all challenger or maybe like seven challenger one grandmaster. Or something like that. I think we. Oh well, we also had Pazanka. I think in the top eight. Shout out to Pazanka, New Jersey's hero. I'm an absolute beast. This man doesn't play TFT, <laughs> and then he just shows up to the TC events and makes top eight every single time. Absolute beast. Yeah. Shout oh, out to Pazanka. Oh, Pizanka let's go. Holds it down every time. Oh, that's right. What we had beast. we had Stellar Minhi from Toronto come. I forgot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Shout out to Kana. Good call on that one. We had we had some international players. Wait, is Bosso Canada too or no? No, Bosso is New York. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Bosso is okay. a tri-state boy. I feel like at this point in time, you're kind of uh what's the word for when you're not um you don't earn something, but it's given to you anyway? You're like something tri-state. There's a word there. Honorary tri-state. Honorary, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a better <laughs> definition for that word too. <laughs> I earned my tri I mean, honorary tri-state status. Thank you very much. It's I true, almost had the monster ball soup. <laughs> it's true. That's all it takes. You've had two diner trips, and yes. and a and a New yes. Jersey bagel. So yeah, you're tri-state. Yeah, I, I'm honorary. All right, let's uh, let's let's move back to eight point five now. So last week we wrapped up the box box survivor boot camp event. It was what like a twenty was it twenty thousand dollars in subs? Yeah, out? it was a ton of money. It was yeah, a ton all right, so. Of money. Let me just preface this event a little bit for anyone who's watching and didn't didn't follow it. So basically, Boxbox uh, accepted a certain number of streamers who were in the like pro bracket, the experienced TFT players, and a certain number of players who were in the amateur bracket, and tracked how fast everybody could climb at the beginning of the set. Every certain number of days, or certain, uh, eventually every day, people were eliminated based on where they were in the leaderboard. We had tons of pro players. Playing in them, uh, Appies is one of those players. I believe you placed like 13th some, or 10th, maybe? Uh, something like that, yeah. Something like, like that, like top 10-ish. And that, the 10 to 13 range, I think, was where I ended. Ultimately, it was, it was, it was won fun. by Robin, Liquid Robin. Yeah, t oh, tell me God. about your experience, Appies. Yeah, I, I um actually, I did a lot better than I thought. Something because I did a lot better than I thought because I, like, like the day before the set came out, or something like Dan reached out to me. Frodo reached out to me and was like, "Hey man, you want to play in Pokemon Rival? Like we went Twitch Rivals." And I was like, "Yeah, of course." And he was like, "Yeah, here's the thing though. It comes out as the set comes out, or it's happening as the set." I was like, "Oh, yeah, I'm still down." And so I spent like two the first two days of the thing just playing Pokemon <laughs> instead of instead of playing TFT. Um, so I was happy with how I did, and it, it was really nice to have like I think a lot of people have said this, and a lot of the publishers have echoed the sentiment that it was really nice to have that like a different kind of. Um, inspiration to play the game at like motivation to play the game at the start of the set because you know there's like they're like snapshots are a thing right last time shots and tournament snapshots and stuff but no one like i don't think anyone's super motivated at the start of like a 0.5 set um we'll talk about 0.5 sets later too right uh spoiler alert but um it, it was really nice to have like a reason to just like sweat my ass off at the start of a set because i you know I, I don't think i've been that sweaty in tft since like qualifying for a defender cup 
uh, where I was like 14 hours a day for like, I told you about this, for, for like a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it was fun. It was super fun. And, and that was Rock a dark Boxes time. Was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the dark era of your internet and, and everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, hold on. Real quick, I want to sidebar and say for anyone who didn't watch Appy stream during this Pokemon Twitch Rivals event, he actually popped off in that as well. Placed oh, in, yeah. a, in a bracket of 64 players, and you can correct me because I might get this wrong, but I think he placed top 16 in both portions of the event, right? Yeah, I, I kind of got robbed in the second half, but yeah. Yeah, actually, I, I, I lost to the same guy twice in the second half because like the, it was like a round robin into bracket, and I, I went like eight and one round robin or something like that, and then I played the one guy I lost in round robin round one of the bracket. <laughs> <laughs> unlucky yeah it's actually i'm really surprised they they allowed seating to do that but I it mean, was just random seating i think because it was like like it was weird because the 64 players i will look at this short um yeah. it's four players and like it was the top 16 players and then the next 16 players and it wasn't like like one two three four five six seven eight it was one two three four five six seven eight in the same bracket in the same bracket and then oh. like one through 16 17 through 32 33 through whatever which is weird but yeah that is it was cool. fun yeah pokemon's cool I, I it was a nice little break from TFT before the grind. <laughs> did you feel like those two days actually did set you back? Yeah, no, they definitely did. Because um, I, I was the problem with the, the two days is that I was a little late on getting my meta read initially, and so I think I could have probably because I, I ran into like a bit of a snag in terms of my my like understanding of the the patch and like et cetera. Like the last day, I, I basically uh, kind of like stagnated the last day, but. I think I could have had like an extra, like probably 200 LP to work with and just have already been fine if I, it's fine. Like it's, you know, I, I made the decision to, to play Pokemon those two days. So I don't regret it at all. Um, but next time I probably won't play in Twitch Rivals the same day doing the box box event. <laughs> so like I mentioned before, the event was won by Robin. It came down to this really tight race. Actually, I guess the race with the top three was really tight, right? Whereas Robin, yeah. Dishobe, yeah. and Depay. I, for one, was shocked to see Deepay in that She's race. Yeah. I don't know how you felt about it. I mean, we talked a little yeah, bit about so him cool. either. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know him. I think you said, too, like, I don't think anyone's really had Deepay on their radar until this, the beginning of this set. And, he, I mean, he's been, as far as, like, competitive player and stuff, because uh, you said he competed in the Challenger series that Soju and Nubao will talk to. Mm-hmm. And, and that was, like, a crazy Challenger series. And then um, I know him because he just he's in stream every now and then, like he raids me all the time. He's just a, he's a really cool guy to talk to, at least in Twitch chat. So <laughs> I yeah, like him a lot, and he's he's, he, a, he's a beast. He hasn't really shown up in in competitive all that much. He competed in set eight with with corrupted and defender. He competed in both of those tournaments, and yeah, like you said, he was in the the challenger series. I have it pulled up right now. Uh, he actually made day two as well. He made the final lobby and then placed Oof. fifth in that. In that in that day where Newell goes one 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 one, uh, in the uh in in the second day of the event, but he actually, for anyone yeah. who doesn't know, was a professional Overwatch coach in the Overwatch League, and like from what I'm seeing, because I pulled up his Liquipedia for Overwatch in in TFT, there's nothing there, but in Overwatch, <laughs> it's like a huge bracket of uh or a huge table of his accolades. It goes all the way back to 2017 through 2022. I mean, multiple first place or top four finishes with his teams. So Deepay knows, knows his way around the block when it comes <laughs> to winning. And it's pretty cool to see just like a coach of another game come to TFT and now showing off as like one of the best solo queue players 
you know, in the in the game at the moment. Though we are the of <laughs> We really are. You're right. That's so true. <laughs> Were you surprised to see Robin win? A little bit. Um, I feel like Robin's attitude has changed recently in terms of, I feel like he's been playing and correct me if I'm wrong, obviously to anyone who, who really just watches Rob, but I feel like he's been a little more serious, like a little more invested. And I feel like I've seen him get like a little bit tilted every now and then. The seven, I feel like mm-hmm. you never see Robin get tilted, which yeah. they, I think he just seems like he's taking things a little, not that he doesn't take things seriously normally, but he's taking things like kind of the next step of seriousness. He's, he's just he's been doing really, really well this set. Yeah, his demeanor when I when I watch Robin, I think of like he he has always felt to me like he can kind of feed off the RNG part of TFT and just like turn it into entertainment and not in a way that feels yeah. legitimate. Like he he like has this scream or like this yell that feels yeah. like it's just part of the show. And like almost as if by doing this, it's like a shield to protect himself from tilt. I haven't personally seen what you're talking about, but I, yeah, haven't, I, I haven't watched all that much of Robin um, recently. But um, yeah, you know, I'm going to leak I'm going to leak something. I I kind of teased this on Twitter the other day that I'm working on a Hyrule Radio Insights episode which if anyone has not watched the the first one that I did, um basically it's a, a short video or a short podcast really where I outline a player's career and I'm doing one right now on on Robin. I've kind of gone through and like outlined his his career from set 1 to now mainly because I wanted to dis- to to figure out for myself if I would actually rank Robin as the goat of TFT. Like if TFT exploded, if the game was deleted right (laughs) now, who would we put in the history books as the best player North America ever produced? And I'm not going to say my conclusion, but I will say that Robin, I mean, obviously has had quite an incredible career, but I don't think that he's always been thought of as like the solo queue threat. Right. And even even though he's yeah. been good on soul, he's been on the top ladder before. But but personally, I feel like the the reason why I feel confident saying he's not always thought of as a solo queue threat is almost evident by the fact that despite him having one some of the best tournament results in TFT history in North America, he's almost always in like the four to six range of the don't talk if you don't know ballot, <laughs> right? Like every pro, pro player, like everybody kind of like automatically puts Robin somewhere in like that middle of the pack range, because even if he's not showing up on ladder, you know that there's a chance that he'll just turn it on in tournament anyway. So yeah, he's so consistent. I think it's really cool to see him actually turn on the jets and win the, the solo queue event, especially over dish soap. Like that like yeah. punches the ticket. It's like, this is legit. Like I beat dish soap on solo queue. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's like, you know, Dish Soap and Setsuko not winning this event, I think, was a huge surprise to everyone. I will say, by the way, I think there is a clear answer who the code of NATFT is. Who is it? And I'm not kidding. I think there's a clear answer. Is it Mortog? Skara, oh, man. What? <laughs> that's true. I mean... <laughs> you think I'm kidding, Nick? <laughs> he did. He did. Didn't, just, he, didn't he get outplaced by you in set three, right? Isn't that like the story of your entry? Is you, you outplaced Skara in, uh, in Galaxies? Wait, does that mean I'm the goat of TFT? That's right. Yeah, I mean that's how it works, oh, right? Oh, it's like a king. Of, it's like a king of the hill thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's king of the hill. <laughs> Which let me just check your lol chest right now, so we can just <laughs> no, claim. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know uh, what? I, I wanted to say. Oh, actually, you know, I talked a lot. You you give some some of your thoughts on the the boot camp. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, again, it was, it was super fun. Robin's a beast. Um, I'm sure Dish Soap <laughs> wasn't happy that 
that he, he didn't win. He, I think he's a little hard on himself uh, when it comes to TFT, which, I mean, I guess you have to be if you, you are that consistent on solo queue, right? You have to be pretty disciplined. And, like, you're, you know, you can't just be playing mech asshole whenever you want. If you, that was a top <laughs> four, just, so. wasn't it? Yeah, but, like, <laughs> come on. Aaron and I played mech asshole today, but did, see, Dish Soap would not be caught dead playing mech asshole, and for, that's for the best for Dish Soap. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, uh, he keeps himself honest with TFD. He keeps himself, like, consistent trying to play the best and play his best, play the best stuff. And I think he's he's probably, I don't know if he's beating himself up over the thing. I'm sure he's not. I'm sure he's happy he got top two anyways. But I'm sure it, it's nagging him a little bit in the back of his head somewhere. And he'll probably try to prove every, you know, that he is the best in the next tournament, as he, I, he does. I got to say that set eight has felt like it really you know, kind of put a bow on these narratives of Setsuko and Dish Soap, where it feels like, you know, coming out of set eight, the, the three best performing players, like by the numbers, were Wage and Iverson, or well, it was actually Dish Soap, Setsuko, Wage and Iverson in that order. Um, and I think that feels really good. You know, like to actually look back and see that like Dish Soap and, and Setsuko, two players who commit themselves to this game, like the just the sheer volume of games they play, like the time that they put into being the best, it feels really good when that's rewarded in a game of variance. And to see them yeah. alongside kind of like this newcomer feels like, you know, it's it's not quite the changing of the guard because it almost feels like Kisetsuko, especially, has been around for a long time at this point in time, but has kind of been trying to earn this title of not just being a solo queue player. In set six, it felt like Dishop was kind of coming up and almost becoming a second Setsuko. And now, two sets later for Dishop, four sets later for uh, for Setsuko, they've really come around to just being two of the best players in North America, undisputed, right? Or I guess two of yeah. the best three, if you want to say Weijin is, is above them, which is also completely fair. Um, sure. But, you know, I think that this set has felt really good for those for those narratives. Yeah, I think competitive TFT has had like, some really, really good storylines this set. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to just shout out Boxbox for, for hosting this event. Seriously, Not that Boxbox yeah. is watching this show, but you know what? He's you're the goat of NATFT. <laughs> Thank you for, for putting this event together. Seriously. I mean, it's really cool. We have streamers of every size, right? We have streamers to... we. I'm There are streamers to whom I would say like... 50 to 200 subs may not seem like that big of a deal, but we also have streamers where like, that's a huge, that's a huge deal because you're not just giving them money. You're giving them like a reason for viewers to come back to their, their stream. Like you're really propping up what it is that they're doing on Twitch. And I, I think that was a really, really awesome thing for, for Boxbox to do. And it also made watching the start of the set grind way more exciting than normal. Yeah. I pretty much only watch appies, like unless I'm like trying to, to watch other players for like, um, like the don't talk to you, don't know ballot stuff. Like on day to day, I really normally just watch appies, but this was pretty fun where like all of a sudden I'm watching like Frodan doing the, you know, the, the, the player tracker where he has all the, the multi Twitch thing up and he's following all the players, man, this was such a fun way to follow the, the, uh, the initial grind. So all it takes is $20,000 every half set. Yeah, right. <laughs> <It's all days. laughs> no, Boxbox, he, he, like him, him putting these these events on has been so good for the scene. And also, shout out to Dan too for mm-hmm. like he's been streaming a ton lately, and his stream content is so good for for like like watching the the ladder race, snapshot race for the turn for the for qualifying for Mecha Cup or like um, the Boxbox event. He's he's been a good like hub for the scene. 
to, to just like view these things. So uh, Boss Box and Dan both popping off. All right. So yesterday, let's move on now. Yesterday, we solidified the snapshots for the Mecha Cup coming up next weekend. It's right? this weekend. This, yeah, weekend, this weekend, weekend. Sorry. We'll have such staple names as Joe Bookmark, Clear TFT. <laughs> I have Other a list people. Of, you want, you want to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's actually a ton. I was looking through it this morning. Is there, actually? There, are, there are so many big Holy. names in the first weekend. Ready? It's actually gonna blow your mind. Okay, I'm gonna go like from the top. Wait, so wait, this wait. isn't you know what name's not there? Spicy Appies. Let's fucking go! <laughs> All right, ready? This is just reading down the list as like I'm noticing people. Mm -hmm. Amdi. Uh, actually, Robovan Kanav, I would say, is like kind of like he's he's actually, sometimes in like top thirty-two. Yeah, like. I don't know if Andy's actually playing. Okay, he said he, he probably was not playing in Dan's chat. Um, oh, I mean, if, hopefully he does because he's. I love to see him play. Okay, I'm I'm also gonna list the people who are kind of like borderline expected or like have been top thirty-two yeah. in the past. Uh, okay, so we we you said Joe Bookmark, Bosso skills, Noster. Stellar Minhi, Taco Bell Wi-Fi, Clear, Solus, um, oh, who, oh, Voidsin, man, not a good look for Tri-State. The Tri-State boys <laughs> really, really falling down. GB Spartan, Drown Guy, hey, Drown, we have a lot of, like, New Jersey, New York. Right? Yeah. Actually, I say New Jersey, New York, it's so sad. I, yeah, it's just New York. I say New Jersey, New York all the time, it's just New York. It's not New Jersey. We need more New Jersey players out there. Um, Emily Wang also in the first weekend. There's a lot of big names that I think. Uh, Dude, that sounds like a stacked first weekend. Yeah, no, it, and, and you know it does. It does kind of beg the question, like, because you know we used to say that, like, there was a huge gap. We it, maybe I don't know if people said it, but like people definitely felt it that there was a big gap mm -hmm. between like the top of the ladder and the bottom. I don't know if that's the case anymore. Do you, how do you feel? I think it's definitely closing. Like, I, I think that the gap between the best players and like, I think like all of like NA, the top of NA is just gone. The wall, like the, the, the quality, like the skill floor has, has mm -hmm. raised so much at the top of the, the, at the top of the region. Cause I don't know. I feel like I don't mean, it's necessarily on ladder, but I feel like in tournaments people are just, people play good TFT these days. And then that's not always true, obviously for anyone, you know, we'll see Q and like, you know, when trading solos by accident, stuff like that. <laughs> or I'd rather keep taking out Mercs into solo. You know, something that happens. Um, but I feel like people are just getting a lot better in general, at least in the tournament setting. And honestly, I'm ladder too. Like I, people are just getting better at TFT. And um, I think, like, we haven't reached the skill ceiling of TFT at all yet. Um, and, like, people are still pushing it, right? We're all getting better. Like, the top players are also getting better. Mm -hmm. um, but it gets hard, you know, and it's true for any game that, that it gets harder and harder to get better, the better you are. And a lot of these players who've been lagging behind a little bit are starting to catch up. So it's exciting. You know, I used to be a really big proponent of the, you know, like tournament versus ladder play. Right. And like talking about the, how, how tournaments completely different. Like you really can't, you know, solo queue is completely useless. It means nothing with the average skill level of a player increasing. It actually does mean that. As time goes on, solo queue, to a certain degree, is going to replicate tournament settings more and more, right? Because the whole thing yeah. about before is like you go into a solo queue and it's a solo queue game and you are just significantly better 
than the players you're playing against. It's not even the case anymore, right? Like it's not that crazy to think that the average masters and GM player is probably challenger three sets ago, right? Like maybe, maybe sure. not average, but you know what I mean? Like the, the, that gap in of itself is closing and the average skill level of the player is increasing. Um, and so I do wonder if we'll, if we'll see a day where solo queue is actually just like the straight up best metric for, for, you know, tournament caliber players. And that like difference is not as wide as we've believed it to be in the past. Yeah. That'd be a, that'd be a good day or it may not be, that'd be an interesting day. I don't, it's not good or bad. It's just yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> I, I think there's always going to be some elements of like solo queue where like there are always going to be players who treat solo queue as a place to learn. And there are always going to be players who are treating solo queue as a, as a place to climb. Um, and that is always going to be an important part of like yeah, being able true. to improve in TFT. But you know, it, it doesn't mean that like the, the average, the, that it's not getting closer. Um, yeah. And there's the third group that treats solo queue as a place to have fun. Mm. <laughs> and that is, that is a list of, of you, Casper Wu, uh, and, um, Kevin's on that list. A lot and Ke yeah, Kevin and, uh, what, oh my gosh, why am I, I'm blanking on his name. You know, it's actually so sad that I'm blanking on his name because it's like, of course, like, of course, oh, Kivix. I, I forgot Kivix's oh, name. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like so fitting that I would forget <laughs> Kivix's name. Um, yeah, that is that group. I always, I made, I made this joke that uh, at, at set seven regionals that I felt like, and I hope that I'm not going to offend Kivix or, or Casper Boom, that um, I felt like you, Kivix, and Casper are three evolutions of the same Pokemon um <laughs> where it's like when you think oh this is what i'm thinking like casper Wu is i want to play mage nar in set seven and then like you are i want to play the set six nar uh game that you had in tournament and then kivix is i want to play assassin zillion in, in set six yeah. but like you're all kind of born of this same evolutionary line i feel uh, like we're like evolutions you know yes like, that's that's a better way of saying it you're all you're all, all start the same fucks up core and then we all branch off in a weird a weird little dude. Kivix is so cool to watch. I fucking love Kivix. He plays some cool TFT. Dude, does he have a better computer? That's the question. Is he's I know, I know. A reasonable I computer on, to stream on. I just play an iPad at that point, man. I right, it's true. It's true. <laughs> I so also cool wanted to give a, a quick shout out to Re Replay. I don't know if you know much about this player. Um, I've seen a lot of it. So Re Replay currently, or on the snapshot for Mecha Cup, was rank seven. 11, 11.43 LP. I don't know where he's at right now. But Re-Replay was also one of the best performing players in in set eight in tournament. Um, so much that I, I put them on my ballot for, or I say one of the best, one of the best unexpected players performing in set eight. So much that I put them on my ballot going into mid-set and they did not quite perform. I think they I think they actually tied Malala in day one, but didn't get the, the juju gotcha. spot. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, all that to say, I mean, maybe re-replay places top three of that event. Like, it's very possible, right? You never know. <laughs> but um, re-replay sh showed up in set eight, put up some numbers. I feel like has not gotten a lot of attention. Now has the opportunity going into day three to, you know, kind of put a stamp on, you know, I think if they have back to back to back, essentially, of like Defender Corrupted and now Mecha Cup event where they can make the final day in all of them, I think really going to bring some attention to their play. So shout out to re-replay. I really yeah. hope that you do well going into next weekend. Um, not as well as Appies, but, but well, <laughs> I hope you do better than me. Re replay. <laughs> I'll, I'll make up for Nick.
I also, you, you know who, what player I, I wrote down like players that we could talk about as, as long as we want us to talk about Mecha. Yeah. Um, I wrote down Ramblin. Is he playing in it? He's, he's in top he's 32. So I don't I know if he's, a, it. I, I don't know if he's officially playing in, but he was ranked six in solo queue. I know, um, I know he's really not going to join the set. Like to, uh, he had a tweet, I think the other day that that really sums up my feelings set too and like a lot of players within the set where it's like there's just uh there's just a lot of like <laughs> i think you said this earlier right the a lot of the broken stuff in the set is actually just kind of blatantly unfun um compared to all other sets where like the broken stuff was still enjoyable to play or like still enjoyable to play against for the most part um you know it's like hacker stuff like ox force just feels so bad to play against and it's kind of sucks some of the fun out of it for him um and i know we he's talking about like crawling letter snap shots and i hope he, i mean i hope he, he keeps in it because i just love rambling he's an awesome guy um, and he plays some really, really nice TFD. So hopefully he plays next up and hopefully he pops off in it and, and starts to find some enjoyment with the game. And yeah, it's, what, where they where he found that. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's been too long since we've really seen Ramblin' on top. You know, like, yeah. in set six, there were players that people were rooting for and wanted to perform. I think you actually were a very, were one of those players. People wanted to see you perform well, but I do think that Ramblin was basically the player that people wanted to see succeed. Like you said, I mean, yeah. he's, he's a Always. super he's nice just, guy. It's so hard not to root for him. Yes. <laughs> it's so hard not to root for Ramblin. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard. It, he's a nice guy. He, he kind of, um, brought about this very like studious scholarly almost like approach to the game that people really respect he's well spoken very very easy to talk to um also makes these incredible resources right like when the sets come out i think he's not doing it right now but still like historically he's done this stuff that's been really helpful for the scene um you know i will say one of the cons is that he has not come to a tc event but maybe one day <laughs> yet <laughs> yet maybe yet. tc4 we'll get you there amblin i believe but you know what i i don't want this to be another event where people like see rambling go in he doesn't quite have the performance people are expecting and then kind of walk away like ah oh, like rambling no i don't know i all i i want to bring rambling up to the forefront of this conversation just to say that I hope you have fun with the game again, Ramblin. I hope to see you on top because there you are one of the few players that I think the community as a whole wants to see succeed. And, and I don't want that to come across as any sort of external pressure. Not that it probably would, but like, I, I want you to understand that this is like, I don't know. You're a player that people really respect and want to see succeed. And I hope that one day you have your your moment of fame and, and get to, you know, either perform on the world stage or or have a run that people can remember and whatever that is. Um Ramblin is just one of those players that I think really at one point in time needs to have his time in the sun. Agreed. Yeah. A big agree. He he's like definitely one of the faces of, of North American TFT in my mind. Mm-hmm. It's TFT in general for me, but <laughs> yep. now I know uh I know we talked about Mecha Cup snapshots. The other thing going on at the moment is the regular snapshots. Now, are, I don't know. You're probably a little bit more familiar with how snapshots work than me. Do you want to give a quick rundown on, on what are, are they? Is there a different name for them? It's just it's just ladder snapshots. snapshots. Yeah, ladder it's for regionals. So it's just um, every week, starting I think like a week after the set drops, like two weeks after the set drops. Uh, I think it was actually a week this time. Um, there's just a snapshot at the top. I think it's 20 on ladder. You get points depending on what rank you are. Rank one gets like five more points than rank two, I think. So there's like a big reason to want to be rank one. Uh, and then 
person, the two people with the most uh, those no most um, points get invited to regionals. I'm pretty sure. I think, I think it's two. Um, it is two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna go for two, and then Twitch Rivals happened, and I decided not to. But <laughs> um, yeah, I think right now it's uh, Goobums and D Goobums, D Pay, and Robin are all gunning for for. Yeah. I think Robin's pretty much guaranteed, and then D Pay and Goobums are the like, like kind of duking it out to see who gets that second regional invite slot. So I'm looking at it right now, looking at the actual leaderboard. And so Robin has 43 points. Goobums and Dpay are tied at 32. So do you know yes, when? Robin's in. Yeah. So Robin is in. When did the, so when is the final snapshot? Uh, it should say the dates on the page, I think. It should be next Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it, or maybe it it's ends, tonight. Or is it oh, it says April 19th. So next, next Wednesday is okay, the next final... Wednesday. Is the final snapshot so so i mean i i imagine that means that this wednesday is also an incredibly important date especially for this tie between goobums and d-pay yeah 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 <laughs> yep. um I, I think especially if the point total actually goes like distributes how i think it does then rank one's pretty important i know i think goobums has rank one pretty solid right now um also gonna see goobums back and forth by the way he's been popping off yeah uh and d-pay is like close on his heels but not quite there so there's a five-point uh, yeah. gap between yeah. first and second, by the way. I just looked that up. There is? Okay. So five then I think that gap, means yeah. if, if Goobums goes, if Goobums is rank one, for like still, st I think he's, is he rank one right now? I mean, he actually is deep. So Setsuko, him, right? Setsuko is, is rank one actually right now at 1587. Okay. d pass Goobums and they are, oh man, math, uh, 26 LP apart. Goobums and d are Holy 26 okay. LP this apart. We're not ending the show until the snapshot <laughs> happens tomorrow. <laughs> That's insane. So this is really a race. Wait, it's yeah, a when it's the snapshot's at what time of day? I think it's 3 a.m. I think it's yeah, like the 12, same thing as this. Uh, like, PT, like, so 3 a.m. Yeah. So wait, it's literally In like tonight. Hours. Is it? Yeah, tonight. yeah, yeah Oh my gosh, that's crazy. I mean, it's six a one hours. Ranks, it's not... If it's a one rank diff, one rank diff now, it's going to be whoever can be rank one next Wednesday. Right. That, that, that that just, whoever it is, rank one will just win it outright. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, that's this is really coming down to the wire. Okay. Well, that's that's There's awesome. You, right now. This sounds like a good stream for Frodan to do. This sounds like it's up yeah, his no, alley like to just watch like the D page yeah, versus yeah, yeah. Bums, like battle. Well, nice. Okay, is cool. Where so, Robin is at the moment? Is oh. he on ladder? On ladder, he, Robin is, is he fourth. Chilling? He's fourth. Okay, he's yeah. Okay, he's so. probably fine, right? Yeah, if he's, he's ten totally points fine. up, he just needs to probably retain top ten or so for next for yeah, the next snapshot, be, something like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because so for the this for the base set snapshots, your lowest week is dropping. For the the point five set snapshots, your lowest week is not dropped. Um, oh, so it's kind of crazy like that too. That makes yeah. sense. Okay, so. Whew. We've talked quite a bit about snapshots, about um, Mecha Cup 8.5. I'm noticing that we're not actually getting any takes in, which is totally fine because we have plenty more to talk about. If anyone does want to have, uh, does have any takes, questions, or opinions, and you want to throw them in, make sure to use the submit Do takes it. topic channel uh, in Discord. You'll see it on the left-hand side of my Discord. I just dropped a link into the chat, so you can grab that, go there. But if not, no problem, because we have... Some pretty interesting announcements that have come in the last month from the TFT team, which is basically yes. that starting in, I believe it's set 10, right? Set 9, I think, is, also, is still going to have a mid-set. But starting in set 10, there will be no more mid-sets. 
it will we will have three full sets a year in lieu of the mid sets <clears throat> meaning yep. that instead of what a set normally being well this one would be what from like december is or november yeah, is when set a started done december right or then november maybe 8.5 no 8.5 oh 9.5 yeah yeah 9.5 should be done in 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 around december november that sounds right whatever it is yeah something like that whatever it is it means that we're gonna have three sets a year with four month stretches uh and this does change things up quite a bit i know it's kind of it's kind of convoluted and like hard to think about like the actual implications of this one thing that i've talked a lot about is actually how i feel like this is going to be a really bad change, in my opinion, for certain parts of competitive, but really a really good change for like the overall um, more casual community. The reason that I personally feel like it's pretty bad for for certain parts of competitive is specifically because the schedule, the, the calendar is already pretty congested. I remember like talking to you, Appies, about like when I wanted to host TC3. I was like, oh, well, I could do this weekend. I could do this weekend. And I was like, well, no, people are going to be grinding for snapshots this week. And then this weekend, it would be right at right before mid finale. So no one would want to come. It's just really messy. And it's already really hard to schedule events in a way that um, makes it so that you're not taking players away from things that already matter to them. So in, in my personal opinion, as like a TFT tournament organizer, I guess, so to speak, it it doesn't it doesn't fully feel great um that said i mean i i think that it's going to draw a lot of eyes to tft and so there's going to be a lot of really good strong positives that come out of it but i don't think that it is just like an end-all positive change for all parts of tft yeah i i get i can get behind that i think um remember we talked about this yeah tc3 um but it's like like aspect of competitive players never having an off season and like right it oh my gosh grind over yeah, yeah it's sort of grind and grind and grind and grind um i think it, it does leave some room for like people to take sets off right uh like milk is doing right now for example um because like, it feels less bad to get set off probably if it's like not a 0.5 set or like like there's not a 0.5 set coming because it doesn't feel like you know it, there's like more change like there, there's it feels like there's more break between that it just, maybe isn't necessarily true but i think like even if it's like a a placebo effect almost it feels like there's more separating like one set to the next right like there's more separating like set 10 to 11 than 8 to 8.5 yeah um, which sure. makes like taking a break for like from just 8 to 9 feel like a little bit better like you have more rest probably than like or sorry like uh, like like 10 to 11 than like 8 to 8.5 right because if you go back in 8.5 like i think it's the same thing as 8 like i didn't want to play 8 and it's like you know it, it can end that being a little causing some more wear and tear hopefully people will actually start taking sets off i think it will be really important for people to take sets off or like to take sets more casually um, and not just constantly be sweating over seven because uh i mean i feel like the like the three me like the set i've been the most uh, the most invested in that i've spent the most time playing in was set six and 6.5 both of them and i was you know i was playing like 15 hours a day for like months on it and it was like, like I wouldn't be able to do that. Uh, and then like I got to take a nice break at the end of six point five, um, and then like late set seven, I took a little more casually, you know. And and I think like I don't know. I think that if people don't take breaks, it's just going to be a lot of like go go go. Even like being like six point five, I was able to like take a bit of a break, right? Because there wasn't like a lot of stuff to play for necessarily. And, and like, but I think if it's you know, I agree. Like, if it was like ten to eleven, it's twelve to thirteen. You know, it's going to be go, 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 go. And it's going to be, 
really important for the players to recognize that they need breaks, which is a little worrying because I don't think some players can recognize that they need breaks. So. I, I mean, I just feel like, I mean, you're saying, yeah, I got I to gotta break it at the end of 6.5. And I, I don't mean this as like a, a way to flame you, but I'm saying like the only reason you got a break was because you got eliminated true. from the competitive yeah. circuit, right? So like yeah, if that's the concern that we don't have breaks unless people get eliminated, what are we doing for the top yeah. players of our region? <laughs> yeah. Like we reward the best players, the most consistent players by saying you can't take a break because there's yeah. another set coming in just a couple weeks. So, it, you know, it, it raises a lot of issues. It's tough. It puts and, a lot on the player to, like, sorry, it puts a lot on the player to like mediate their own relationship with the game, right? To And that that is a tough thing with a game that's full of so many young players who, myself included even, you know? I'm very young. <laughs> no, no, no flex. <laughs> no, like, so, so this is what I would say. By itself, the decision does not feel bad, but I can see a world where the effects of this change are largely negative for the very engaged, hyper fixated competitive players who just want to win the thing that's in front of them. Because if yeah. we're having three world championships a year, where players are always grinding and always trying to stay on top, we are going to need, like you're saying, like some sort of mediation because players aren't going to be able to do it themselves. There's going to have to be some sort of mediation to help players understand how to take breaks because we, what other esport doesn't have an off season in any capacity? Like, are there are there things that exist like that? I, not that I can think of. Like all of the I don't major, think so. I can't think. Of, yeah, even Smash, which is just like. Smash has a big off season. People just get to take breaks, and I, don't know, I think it probably it feels like a lot less. You know, especially I think the fact that like everything's funneling into a world championship every set, it feels even worse taking a tournament off. Right? You don't want to take Mecha Cup off because you don't make, you take Mecha Cup off. You know, you, you could have you could have been like final day of, of both Crypto Cup and Defender Cup. You take Crypto Cup off, or you take Mecha Cup off, you don't you don't get into regionals. Yep. It, right? it also um, begs the question. Does this mean we'll never have a LAN World Championships? Because I would personally be surprised if they're running three World Championships on LAN a year. That sounds incredibly yeah. expensive, especially for the viewership numbers that TFT historically has pulled in, which really sucks because, you know, back in what, set five, right? It's, we were supposed to have TFT on LAN. And I'm saying all this is speculation. Nothing has come out saying that we're never having TFT on LAN. I, this is just a concern that I've kind of felt personally that. If we're having three world championships, it doesn't make sense in my mind that we're going to have three yeah. different world championships on land in China or wherever where like players have to come in. I don't know if there are still um, quarantine protocols in certain parts of the world, but like there may be. I, I don't really know how international travel works at the moment, but like yeah. <laughs> either way, it's a, it's a big deal to have people come in, adjust for jet lag. Like it's just going to be a really, really big charade of of protocol and, you know, visas and, and all this stuff. And I am just not confident that we're going to be able to, to support three world championships on land. So I, uh, actually there's a question that came in here. That's kind of interesting. Is land that much better for viewers or competitive integrity? I don't know that it's necessarily about viewers or competitive integrity as much as it's like the community. Yeah. About the community. It's also about building a product, 
right? Like about like having fandom in person, having ticketed sales, having merch booths and having sponsor booths and being able to create activations in your community. Like, I think there's a lot of really strong things that, that come out of having events on land. Um, and again, I, I'm saying all this in speculation, like all oh, this entire rant is based on nothing because nothing has been said about TFT mm -hmm. on land. But my fear is that if this is the trend, I just personally don't see a world where we're going to have three land world championships a year. So that's kind of the most doomer I want to be on this show. I, I don't want to, I don't want to be negative about this, but that is like a concern that I have. Box box going to break up the big book for the, for the <laughs> TFT world. That's right. No, it's, I think it's a fair, uh, super fair concern to have too. I mean, it's, it's a, it's like a very fast paced schedule, right? To be like three mm -hmm. sets full sets a year it's it's a it's pretty go 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 um and the, the team too are gonna be go go like the, the dev team like you know they're they're amazing and there's, a, there's only so much they can do in so little time right and like that's not stressful for them i'm sure they've thought it through and they've you know they have a, a method and they're going to be fine but it's not stressful and it's not it's not stressful for the players too and it's just it, i think it's going to be good i agree for the player base at large i don't think like like the thing is uh, tf is a game where like even let's say in a let's say that this was strictly um strict, let's say this was strictly negative for competitive players right for the top of the top but really good for the community i think every top player would say let's do it anyways right because yeah. like it's a game that we need though in every game for that matter is a game that like needs the esports team needs the casual base to also have a lot of fun in the game and like the game for it to keep growing and for it to you know be worth investing in for everyone so it's important that it's much more important that the casual players enjoy the game than, than top players enjoy the game, and no matter what. Yeah, um, no, completely agreed. And and I think it's important. So this is I want, uh, Sorry, go I, ahead. no, I just want to like make it clear that largely I feel like this is a big success. For yeah, the game. and this for is sure. a reflection of how much TFT has grown inter internally that they're confident in saying like, hey, we're going to take this leap of faith and say we can produce three sets that are balanced per year which I would say is incredibly ambitious, but I don't think that they're they're being ambitious blindly. I think that they genuinely yep. believe they can do this. And I, I believe that there is a world where this happens really successfully. Um, I think, you know, we all just have our, our, our own reservations about it, but I don't want that to take away from the fact that this is a huge success for the internal TFT team and many positive things are going to come out of this. So, yep. Yeah, and hopefully it'll it'll leave some room for people to start laying groundwork and you know to make like a healthier competitive scene in terms of like you know hopefully we find some way to have mediation in terms of player seasons and and stuff like that as TFT grows and as the esports scene grows for it. I know, like I'm imagining, like is there a world where one set doesn't have a world championship? Because that feels horrible. Like the four fun set. Yeah, the four the four fun set. <laughs> Imagine being like rank one in the four fun set and like you you feel like you're actually the best player in the world in that one in the, that one set, but you never have a chance to prove it. That would feel bad. Yeah, it would feel but bad. But then also like imagine they have one world championship, but you qualify from a different set like that would also feel horrible. Yeah. So like how else do you do it besides it's having tough. an online world championship for every single set? And like four months is such a short amount of time. Ugh. four months is so I'm interested short. to see. I mean. I, I'm sure they've thought it through to the point where, like, they they know what they're doing, right? So, um, now, I'm interested to see how they implement it and how it goes. And aside, how do you feel about the length of patches? Two weeks 
plus I, it's I typically a, one week really yeah. three patches i actually have a probably a different take on this than a lot of people that i actually wish patches were, were much longer um i think the best patch players. of set eight yeah i guess so. <laughs> i think the best patch of set eight by far was actually the the, the month-long patch the um like the jack Yumi patch because it, it it started as a jack Yumi patch and then it evolved into like a very deep patch with like you can play recons you can play duels there's a lot of like fast eight stuff with, with four there was like so much you could play by the end of it right like you know then in, in the first two weeks people were convinced that Yumi was the most important thing in the world that jack was also the most important thing in the world nothing else could be played it was a terrible patch and then the longer it went on the better it got right the more the meta developed and, and the thing is with our current patch cycle we have no time to develop a meta it's about who can identify like the most broken thing at the start and then just like perfect playing that and there's not a lot of time to actually find like the, the answer to the meta right because often how a meta evolves is that you know one person playing the answer to a meta does not mean they're going to succeed maybe because like if one person answers answer the meta then um you know other things it, it, it has to evolve like, like kind of organically and there need, it needs time to evolve organically right it can't be one person cracking the code and then that's the end all be all uh, and that's something that we don't have time for in current patch cycle. And, you know, I, I won't say I want to stay on this hacker patch for, for four weeks. Right. I think there are some patches that, you know, get it out. <laughs> um, but I think a lot of patches that aren't like inherently just unfun. Like I, I, as I said, I think the lot like this patch, I think like last patch, it's kind of been like inherently unfun it was, like with ox force everywhere and like hacker everywhere, um, for everyone. And, you know, on a patch where like, you know the, the broken stuff isn't that uh and, and like there's room to to grow which is really every patch even this patch does have room to grow room you know <laughs> room to grow <laughs> Ro- rom has wait how do you ro- room room has room there's two o's has room Not- to grow there God. It is. has has room to grow <laughs> uh that's some wicked you know, like, pronunciation patch, yeah i think this patch would get better um, it would feel more balanced in two weeks. I don't think it'd be more fun in two weeks, but <laughs> it would be more balanced in two weeks. Um, so I think longer patches, that's what I'm just saying. I think longer patches would be a lot better. And I think we are kind of great. Like we have this patch culture ingrained in the scene now that is not great. And I think leaves a lot to be desired in terms of balance and in terms of like these knee jerk reactions to, to everything for both the player base and the, and the dev team. Um, so I, I like to see longer patches. Mortog is singing your praises right now. I think this is this is like what Mort has been preaching for a very long time. Oh, really? Right? I, I think so. I, that's my perception. I, I could be wrong, but I know Mort is definitely team. Players don't try to figure out the meta and counter the meta. Um, they don't have time. Something you said right? raised it out. Time. Like one player countering the meta doesn't mean that it's going to succeed. And it made me think of like when you're talking about that Jack's Yumi patch, right? Think about the average number of giant slayers being built on the first day of the patch or the fifth day of the patch versus the 30th day of the patch. I don't remember how exactly how long, but like the third week of that patch, right? Like one player countering, countering the meta in any given lobby is not guaranteed to succeed. But when five players are actively countering the meta, that's when it actually becomes a meta. Like it's exactly what you're saying. Like, yeah, I, I can get behind that. And so you heard it here first. Spicy Atkins is saying, <laughs> starting a set 11, no more patches. Set 11 drop, <laughs> don't touch it anymore. Actually, you know what? I'm down for no more sets. Set 11 is the last set ever. Oh, nice. That's, yeah. Yeah. I was, it wasn't four months, it was four years. That was cool. <laughs> Wow. <That's laughs> the sets like that. I, I remember uh, K 
because you didn't play set two, right? You, you were. I didn't. No. You're a set three, little baby. Set three newbie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You missed the days. I was telling you this at uh, at TC three at my house. I remember. Where it's like set two is like oh it's patch whatever. By the way, there's two more units. Yeah. <laughs> Just like in the patch notes, like yeah, this uh, the, you know, the damage goes down here. The stun's a little bit longer. Carmen Ezreal are in the or Carmen Leone are in the game now. The attack range is going to go up to four here. It's, yeah, it's like yeah, it, it was yeah. a wild, it was a wild world back then. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of <laughs> down for that. No, but all all things, um, you know, in all seriousness, I actually I I agree with that. I think two weeks, especially because uh, this is another thing you said that, that that stood out to me is people are racing to find the most broken thing, right? And nowadays we have tactics.tools and meta TFT, right? Like people go yeah. to those websites 12 hours after the patch launches and see what's broken. They just play that, right? Like they, they're literally just trying to play whatever has the best average placement. So people it's aren't actively. Meta, right? No, yeah, no, it's not. It's not. There's not enough time. I, I'm with you. I am team longer patches. Let's I'm go. Down. Yeah, we should make a, I'm going to make a picket sign. <laughs> for, for next one, <laughs> no, I'm down. Like, like riot out in front of riot head, riot headquarters. Longer <laughs> patches in TFT. That's right. We're yeah, we're gonna start a union. Get pepper sprayed together. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I feel like we've covered quite a bit. I'm looking now. We still don't have any callers that are looking to call in. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give last chance for everyone who is watching. If you do want to call in, make sure to go to my Discord. I'm gonna put the link in again. You can put your takes in the Submit Takes channel, and if we like it, we'll bring you onto the show. But in the meantime, before I think of another thing to talk about, I'm going to give a quick call out to the Hyrule Radio merch that we launched a couple of months ago. Both at, oh, actually, you own yours. Yeah, where is yours? If you haven't already seen, the link is in the chat right now. I can I can repost it for anyone who didn't see that. Um, but a couple of months ago, we released the High Roller Collection, where you can own some pieces of Hyrule Radio merch. We have a t-shirt. Dude, I should have worn this. And a hat. Look at this. Oh, it's look beautiful. at that. Yeah, he's got his. This is Ooh, Abby's holding Hyrule his. Radio. His Reckless Takes Are Welcome hoodie uh, to all the podcast listeners. So he's he's holding up his piece of merch. Oh, yeah. If you want to see that. If you, if you want to see that and you're listening on your podcast, I'll put the link in the description so you can check out the Hyrule Radio uh, merch website. I'm going to take one last look. It doesn't look like I hear that your LP goes up by like at least 50% on average if you buy the merch. It's true. It hasn't been disproven. So nope. might as well not. give it a shot. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? I think this is honestly, this is a, a pretty good place to call. I feel like we've talked a lot about yeah. a lot of different topics. Is there anything else you actually wanted to bring up before we kind of wrap it up? I don't think so. I feel I feel pretty good having talked a little bit about set 8.5 vented a little bit about set 8.5 you know <laughs> yeah i think it was a good, a good, good talk and uh, it is hopefully my cup my cup will be cool i'm excited okay hold on i know i just asked you like wrap up and like i said there's something <laughs> else to talk about i did just think of one more thing i want to talk about real quick i'm so sorry but i wanted this to ask, the contract nick i i wanted to ask you this actually because yeah we're going way back now to tc3 Something I've talked about, I, I remember um, at I was I was at regionals one day for for set seven, like uh, in Minnesota at the studio. And I went out to dinner with the casters 
And I was telling them how I felt like the future of TFT, maybe not necessarily the future, but something that that should be really important to TFT could be crews or regional kind of rivalry. Um, and I wanted to ask you because we've kind of propped up the TC series at this point in time as like tri-state versus the world, right? Like we kind of, yeah. we, we have the casters talk about that, that on the cast. A lot of the language we use in promoting the event is like, this is tri-state TFT. These are our kind of premier players, your Pocky Gong, your Voits, and now Bosso skills coming up. Um, and, and it's kind of like, come in and see if you can beat us. So I'm kind of curious to know, like, as someone who's kind of been branded as like the out of region player coming to TC, like, do you feel like, I don't know, does, does it feel tangible or like heavy or like, do you feel like something is there when it comes to like regional rivalry in TFT? Uh, I think as far as like, like in the bigger picture, yes. Right. Like, like, like it isn't literal like EU versus NA, right. NA versus China for sure. I think there's that. I think it's, I think I'd be careful to say that I feel like there's a lot of regional rivalry so far, like within region, within NA. And I, I think we were talking to Panda on Traverse Tactics like a while ago, actually. And he was saying there was actually a lot of regional rivalry in EU. Um, mm. This was like, like six months ago, probably, or this is a while ago. Um, but I, I feel like, uh, see, I feel like uh, the problem is, is that, like, you know, you see crew battles in Melee, and like, they're, you know, like, there's some guy just like up in someone's face, like screaming. Yeah, everyone's freaking out. You know, there's like some real, but I'm at TC3 and then like Pocky's like, hi, Appies. I'm like, hi, Pocky. <laughs> and Rick is like, hi, Appies. And I'm like, all right, okay. Mm. <laughs> you know, and like, mm -hmm. um, I feel like that's, uh, that's, it's almost too friendly right now. Uh, You're about to get pepper sprayed at TC4. Yeah, there's not enough <laughs> shit talk. And like, the other thing too, I think, is that there's, um, Maybe there's not enough regions in it. Yeah, I think if we had, if we started having like crew battles and stuff, like that regional pride would become a thing, right? Like that. Yeah, yeah. I think like a lot of TFT because it's online and because it's like server to server, it, it is like like you think regional pride, you think NA, right? You think EU. Um, but if we could break that down even more, even further, and have like these regions in NA that you know, like New England versus Tri-State versus California, that'd be so cool. And I, I think it's something we could make happen it, with with lands in, in particular and with like. If we had some crew battle format, like I don't know, I, I had to talk to Box Box about starting the the TFT crew battles. Like seriously, I, I want any region to come in and say that you can be tri state <laughs> in a four v four in TFT. Ain't no way, baby. Ain't no way. <laughs> and I say yeah, that as someone who has no PC. power, all of them over over them. But we, you know what? It actually would be sick. I hope, I hope that we can get uh, an actual regional like crew battle, a four v four event. Yeah. Box box, if you're listening, dude. If, yeah, please, <laughs> please box box. Please box box. <laughs> Hook a brother. Dude, up. It'd be so good. It'd be so good. I feel like there's a lot of potential there. Like, uh, and obviously, this is like to an extent, this is kind of us like projecting melee on the on TFT. But I think that's okay. And I think there's a lot to be learned from like a, oh yeah, a, a, as old as and as as storied as melee. And we absolutely, we absolutely have like the regional player base, right? Like TFT is yeah, so big, especially at the top level. Like. There's a billion different top players just in Toronto alone. I mean, actually, I feel like Canada often, oftentimes just gets lumped up as like the entirety of Canada, which is like this gigantic, it's like New Jersey versus Canada. <laughs> but, but I mean, like Canada, definitely, I'm, I don't know what like the Western side of, I don't know anything about Canada. I know that there's Toronto. I know where Montreal is. And then there's everything West of that. 
So I'm sure that there's some player base. <laughs> I'm surely. I'm sure no, there's something. Yeah, we have like we have tri-state. We have the classes. We have tri-state, Florida, New England. New England. We, we could do like tri-state versus yeah, New England. I don't know who else sick. is. I don't. I know there's you, Kevin. Cool. Me, Kevin. Who P-Gods is? in New England. Oh, that's right. Jack is. And mm-hmm. I, I know there's like a lot of people in Boston. In Boston, I just I can't name them. I'm sure they're there. I just don't know if we'll live. But I know I know P God, Kevin, and I at very at the very least are are in New England. We can even do state by state and Team New Hampshire is just me, Miss Appies, and my cat. <laughs> <laughs> Probably still beats New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> Surely. <laughs> One day. I believe it. I, we used to have some challenger players in, in New Jersey, but I think it's because they were just attending school. Like they were just going to Rutgers or something. Um, even though it's a state school, I know we had, we actually had a, a former Valorant pro who was challenger in TFT or something like that. Oh shit. That's kind of cool. They were supposed to come to TC one. I don't know if psyched is in the chat, but he, he could probably, he probably knows what I'm talking about. I, I didn't hey. really know this player. Some, some random person from Rutgers. Um, so yeah, you know what? I hope that regional, regional rivalries start to build Here, up. I'll start it off. Fuck New Jersey. Matzo ball soup sucks. No, all right. That's <laughs> <not> too far. <laughs> I'm climbing myself. I'm taking you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to snipe you every game now. TFT ball Matzo soup. ball soup is where we draw the line. That's sacred ground, buddy. <laughs> regat. More like regat. Yeah, regat you, don't tu- you don't touch the mutts. You don't touch the regat. You don't touch the ganol. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i think that's a that's a nice little oh, ending plate. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah let's wrap it up thank you everyone for watching episode 10 of hyrule radio on actually appies before we go you have anything you want to shout out yeah yo mama all right <laughs> shout out the old uh, the old triforce tactics crew mm-hmm. and kevin oh that was the shit and i'm excited to, to keep doing hyrule radio with you it's gonna be fun all right yeah well if anyone's and watching you. thanks for inviting me yeah, shout out to me. No, I'm not inviting you. You're here now. You're part well, of the yeah, show. Thanks for inviting me for the permanent swan. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, shout out to you, my constant co-host. It's nice to have someone I can rely on every every time that we do the show. <laughs> oh, and actually, we didn't even talk about how we're going to be, when we're going to be doing the show. We're not going to be doing True. it bi-weekly like I used to, which I didn't even really do. We're just going to be scheduling the, <laughs> the show around events um, so that... Uh, we don't burn ourselves out and then we feel a little bit more comfortable doing the show. So make sure you follow Hyrule Radio on Twitter. You can join my Discord. You can join Appy's Discord. Stay up to date. All things from there. Uh, if you don't already follow the show, please subscribe on your podcast app. Follow us on Spotify or on Anchor. It really goes a long way, especially if you leave us a review and say that you like the show. It goes a long way in just helping people find the show um, and in- increasing our d- discoverability. And also, if you're watching on YouTube, please Please subscribe, like, comment, you know, the whole YouTube thing. Um, but yeah. that's going to do it. I don't really have any other shout outs, but I guess shout out to everyone who's watching right now. And good luck to everybody. It's going to be competing at the Mecha Cup. You Except got the LeBlanc players. Yeah. Don't play LeBlanc. Let me play LeBlanc. I'm uncontested LeBlanc next game. All right. Well, thank you all for watching. <laughs> and we'll catch you next time. <laughs> catch you later. See ya. Bye.